Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force. Questions of the Force. Yes, that's what it is. I said it as a question to remind myself what we're doing here today. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsok. Here are some answers to your questions. Here to uh, uh, put my armor on Joseph's shoulder and hold him up as he holds me up <laughs> as we broadcast. We're not over, uh, you know, dramatizing the return from London, and it, it, it's more than just that. It was our vacation separately, individuals with our partners afterwards, uh, travel, coming back to life, and recording this episode. You're you're hearing this on a Friday when we're probably very well rested. I haven't <laughs> slept in thirteen days properly 
and yeah. it's taking its toll on my voice, my mind, my brain, but happy to be here. Yeah, very, very happy to be here. It was such a great trip, uh, but a very emotional one. I just, I feel like uh, I have this, uh, like, <laughs> container inside me, and I was just like, ah, hey, emotions, I'll throw those in there and deal with them when mm -hmm. I get home. Uh, like, mostly just joyful stuff, but just a lot, a lot to process. Uh, so, slowly packing out my um, emotion fridge <laughs> and seeing if the meat is still fresh. That's the kind of upsetting metaphors you can look forward to today here on Cues of the Force. Uh, this is, is I, maybe maybe we'll juggle our, our release schedule at some point, but I keep now being aware of, uh, we're doing time travel episodes because mm -hmm. sometimes the questions might already be answered by, you know, Star Wars uh, mm -hmm. by the time we get out. But we're excited to have these questions. want to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Battle Scars by Sam Meggs. We are going to read this, and we're going to talk about it. We even talked about when we're going to talk about it. Not going to get to it uh, quite before the uh, the Jedi Survivor video game comes out, but we will be talking about this book. So if you want to be caught up for that, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. But wait, there are more A's. Uh, Ken, do you want to talk about our current ask? I'd love to. Our current ask is to ask you to consider checking out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Force Center. There you can join our Discord, help us reach goals, objectives, uh, you know, adding stuff to our plate in the most wonderful of ways, including a, a new goal that we have that, I'll be honest, time of this recording, we might have already hit. So, hey, help us maintain the goal. Jennifer Landa is uh, excited to take some of her old episodes of Jedi Beat and Happy Beeps and rework a few uh, select episodes into a new YouTube series. I accidentally suggested the name Jedi Beeps. Maybe that ends up being it. I don't know. But we're going to put these wonderful little mini NPR meets Star Wars docuseries episodes on YouTube. And this would be possible by you helping us on Patreon. Also, we were doing the Indiana Jones and the per uh, Perilous podcast series. We started it in the next episode, which is about Raiders of the Lost Ark is coming out on Monday, May 1st. It's a Patreon-exclusive series that will go public after Dial of Destiny is released, but join us on that hype train to Dial of Destiny on patreon.com slash center. That's our ask. There you go. All right, we have two A's down, Audible and Ask. It is now time to get to the titular A of answers to questions. We got two questions from Twitter and two from patrons on Patreon. As always, we're going to go first to Twitter and Michael Gibbons. Michael says... If the new Dave Filoni movie is a conclusion of all the Disney plus Mandover series, do you think we could see a live action recasting of Luke Skywalker? Or is it more likely they will continue with the advancements and deep fake technology? This is great, Ken, because it is it's a direct, straightforward question that we could just in a direct and straightforward way answer. But mm. why? Instead, let's uh, first <laughs> answer the questions behind the question about what we think this film is going to be if Luke Skywalker is going to be in it. Uh, a lot to suggest that this is going to be dealing with similar territory as the uh, famous Heir to the Empire book trilogy from the 90s. Uh, Ahsoka straight up saying uh, Thrawn is the heir to the Empire in the trailer for the Ahsoka television show. Uh, Filoni described this movie as a... It's a story about the New Republic having a big showdown with an Imperial remnant. So a lot to get people thinking about 
this film is an heir to the Empire uh, adaptation in modern canon. Are, are you feeling that's what it is going to be? Um, yes and no. Gosh, that's wishy-washy, isn't it? I'm sitting on the fence <laughs> here and there. I, I think they're going to pull a lot of the elements that have already existed, but but you know that goes without saying. But but combine them. I'm, I'm I'm excited about the potential of how they're going to combine them with what's going on um, in in modern canon and and the, the, some of the timeline. Uh, things we know and some of the timeline gaps. It's kind of where I'm looking at there, but um, I, you know, Filoni has talked about an experience. I think we all had in 1991 when air of the empire shows up and you're like, I thought star Wars was gone. I mean, it's pretty powerful. And it just seems like that's the spirit they're going to pull from those books and stories. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the Thrawn stuff, the Pelion stuff that that is absolutely going to be there, but what has changed in, modern canon is this question of is Luke going to have his central of a role? Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the question behind the question that I wanted to wrestle with before getting to Michael's direct question. Mm-hmm. I feel like the story that's been told with Luke so far, it's not complete by any means. We only have bits and pieces. We have that book that's legends of Luke Skywalker that explicitly right. is these are stories where people kind of claim they saw Luke Skywalker and he kind of did this. And I, I think we're not, meant to go that's absolute canon mm-hmm. uh, what we do know is mostly from a couple comic books like the shattered empire of the second the empire fell uh and han and and poe dameron's parents and leia are they're they're all scrambling to take care of imperial remnants and looks like uh the empire's got a jedi tree i gotta go get that <laughs> i'm gonna go do that yeah i got a tree to deal with everything has really set luke up not as and seeing himself not necessarily as a, a, a an arm of the Republic and in, in an agent, in an ally, mm-hmm. not an ally, but but the way the Jedi Order of mm-hmm. old was in lockstep with the Galactic Senate. Right. And being sort of like, we are the guardians of peace and justice. We don't always agree with the Senate. We do our own thing. But also, if they ask us to do something, we do it. And maybe that was a part of what went wrong with that whole Clone Wars thing. And I'm really affected by everything we've seen in modern canon is Luke being like, Leia, you got this government thing. Everybody's got this government thing. I'm on my Jedi journey. I'm going to go find things with Lord Santeca. I'm going to go research things. I'm going to slowly build a school. Uh, We know from the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book years later, he seems to have a functioning Jedi order with students who go out on missions. Mm -hmm. But at this point in the timeline it doesn't seem like he's super involved in the battle of Jakku. He's not on, on the planet pulling, you know, the star destroyers out of the sky. Do you think this modern canon Luke, if there's a battle, is he going to come running or does he need to specifically be asked by Leia? Does, is he going to be somebody who says the force is used for knowledge and defense? I'm not going to get in the middle of this, uh, would he come if he's asked specifically by Leia? Would he say, I'm, I will shuttle wounded people back and forth, but I'm not raising a blade in, in direct violence. All those questions. Mm. How are you feeling about that? I, yeah, it makes sense that he wouldn't be General Skywalker, right? That, that, that this is some of the lessons learned, especially if he's gone out on, uh, whether it's with Lor Santeca or not, but gone out on a little, uh, you know, in, information gathering tour of what is it? All right, I'm a Jedi now, like my father before me. Great. What does that mean, right? This thing's you and I have always been excited about. I'm going to go to Pilio and pick this up. Find out, hey, what was the past? Who was the past? 
uh, who was in the past and, 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 and how do we go forward best? And, 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 and it wouldn't seem to make sense that he'd be like, yeah, you're right. Give me some armor. I'm general Skywalker. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. go in there. It also might depend on who they're fighting. Now, if it's Imperial remnants thrown, all these kind of things, um, it would make sense that he'd see the risk to the Republic, to the new Republic, mm-hmm. the risk to uh, peace and justice and light in the galaxy. And then that might be part of it. But to your point of, of like, what is he doing it? That's the big why. Even looking at him showing up in Mandalorian, right? It's been remarked many times, including by us. Like he's, when that door opens, he's not like, what's going on in here? I'm here for the kid. He's here for the kid. Yep. Good day to you, sirs and ma'ams and madams. And I'm out of here. <laughs> Like, I, I see you have an Imperial Warlord on the floor, <laughs> a bunch of Mandalorians on an Imperial light cruiser. Um, good leave. luck. <laughs> and I, I really do think, you know, what would be different? He came because Grogu asked, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's not, act, he didn't sense Grogu and decide, I got to get that kid. Mm-hmm. He was asked and he came yeah. and he gave Grogu a choice. I feel like if if Bo-Katan or Gara Dune was like Jedi Master Luke Skywalker, we need your help. He yeah. would he would listen and he would decide. Um, it's this constant great philosophy and balance of the Jedi of power should be used to help others, but when do you need to let other people handle their own problems and and stay out of it? And what what is that? Mm-hmm. What is that fine line? And yeah. it seems like they that Luke in modern canon is exploring that, that fine line instead of going, there's a problem. Let's go. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's been a while since I've read the, or the empire trilogy. And I I know a lot of Luke and Luke's story and Marjade and uh, Joris Saboeth or however you decide to say it. Um, I know that's where that, you know, where a lot of that is. Um, Yeah. So how much of that will carry over? And I don't even think I'm talking about specific characters, but I'm trying to remember just of his like exact involvement with the big, with the fight going on. I can't remember that. Can't remember. This is, this is all before the prequels too. So we didn't have a picture of the Jedi as right as organized. Right. Um, 100%. The way that you and I and other people grew up. uh, I think that, uh, that this is the way most people interpret it because there was some pushback against the prequels. The way, the way Obi-Wan talked about Anakin was just like, you know, he just came across him, you know, and, and you, you train people that you come across and, and it's this sort of, uh, wandering order, you know, that mm-hmm. not anywhere near is, is organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like I read, I read heir to the empire from that perspective, not the idea of, Oh, there's a new order to be established and there's mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. The, these rules and it was structured like this. And, Padawan is not a word. I, I would have thought that that was some food dish I'd never heard of if somebody said yeah. Padawan to me in 1991. Yeah. Um, so I think I read it from that perspective and it was just like, yeah, the gang's all together. You know, mm-hmm. Leia's, got, Leia's got the government stuff. Luke Luke handles problems when they come up because he's a Jedi master. Um, mm-hmm. Han, Han's hanging out. <laughs> he's swashbuckling. Yeah. He's, he's buckling swash right mm-hmm. and left. Because why not? Uh, I need to reread those books, obviously, but it is just a really different idea that Luke is restarting this Jedi order and questioning it and taking his time and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one, one cheat sheet way of doing this. I have the heir to the empire. Uh, it's the entire thing, uh, the entire trilogy. I have it in comic form. 
and <laughs> picked it up a while ago just cause. And it was like on sale or something at my comic shop. And I haven't, I haven't cracked a seal on it, but I think that's going to be the way I cheat sheet my way back to those stories. That, yeah, I, I, I'm going to read them books. I don't know when, cause I got, I'm also reading, going to get caught up on the high Republic, uh, mm-hmm. phase two, somehow, some way, no mm-hmm. sleep. I'll read. I don't know. Uh, but I am going to read those there to the empire books, uh, in, and maybe the comic books too. Nomadic, Ken. That's the word I always try to remember when I talk about the nomadic. way I pictured the Jedi, and I always forget it. Nomadic. 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 Picture them just wandering the galaxy, and if somebody needs help, they help. And yeah. it almost feels like at this point, that's what Luke is a little bit of like. I'm I'm meditating, and I will I will answer when yeah. when asked for help. I will assess the morality of it, and then I will intervene. So yeah. all that said, uh, if Luke is in the uh dave filoni film do you think to michael's question uh a recast or continuing this technological advancement look this is a hot button question and i got a hot button answer i've enjoyed what they've been able to pull off with luke um leia and rogue one works just enough for me to just kind of buy into the moment um uh, the tarkin stuff is a i, I like but it's a separate conversation that we're talking about here but i, I i'm going with let's recast um, mm. I'm going with recast and considering when this movie might actually hit theaters, I'm convinced we already have our solo and we already have our Lando. So mm. let's, that'll, let's do it. And that might anger some folks. Some of them I know personally it will excite a lot more. And the reason is it's, it's right now currently where we stand. It's impossible for me to envision a movie set squarely in the new Republic era with something this big. And you don't have, those characters around, right? It's just, it's a, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And, and you could find a way to do it. And some of the Luke stuff we've already talked about, um, it'd be hard. And I think even with Han and Lando, you could do it, but it'd be hard for Leia not to be there. And there's ways to do it. The technology keeps getting better, better. It could, could Billy Lord play her mom in this? Certainly. Right. She already had a little swing through that um, with some of the rise of Skywalker fighting training sequence. So there's possibilities, but, I don't know. There's just something that I think I'm ready uh, to embrace uh, the new on this one. And that these characters are very important to, to me, very important to Star Wars fans and to the Star Wars story. But I'd love to see them pulled in in this kind of way where um, you could just have living, breathing actors making wonderful decisions. And again, I, I am one. And I know some people who just hate the Luke deepfake stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, totally get why. Totally get I've heard them. They've been in my backyard talking about it, but I like where they ended up with it. And I you like, invited them to your backyard initially, invited right? Them to my backyard. These are friends okay. of mine. Um, <laughs> but with Mark Hamill's involvement, his coaching, his directing, that's great. And, and then the final thing, and I will hand over the talking mm. hammer to you. Um, ask me again after I see Indy 5, because I've already seen some de aging stuff that looks pretty darn good. I'm not suggesting that you'd have Mark Hamill, um, Harrison Ford, and again, maybe Billy Lord stepping in. Or her mother that'd be interesting to me i'm not suggesting that but who knows at this point because that trailer with indy five it looks great <laughs> it looks good to me yeah yeah that's true that's very very true that does look really good and i think that is kind of a different technology than de-aging right it's yes. the taking every cause that's what harrison ford has said in the interviews it's the taking every image that lucasfilm owns of me and yeah. using it to make this thing uh computers how do they work um yeah, maybe we don't know when this movie is going to come out. 
So yes. maybe Vivian uh, Lyra Blair will be old enough to play <laughs> Leia, an heir to the Empire era Leia. But she's then. thirty now. Like, oh wow, this is, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm always open to the uh, pursuing technology that is part of the the heritage of Star yeah. Wars. Totally. Um, and I think Luke in in the his first appearance at the end of season two of Mandalorian is is. I can buy into it because I so love the storytelling. I love seeing Jedi Master Luke there to help a child who asked for his help. Mm-hmm. It's so calm and it's not about the violence. It is about salvation um, in offering a, a choice. Mm-hmm. And and because I'm so invested in this story and the thrill of one X-Wing, how's that going to help that I can look past it? But it doesn't super work for me, mm-hmm. uh, the, the technology. In Book of Boba Fett, it's amazing. Yeah. It really works for me. I think it partially works because of where Luke is at, because he's so calm and uh, mm-hmm. measured and straightforward. And I think the technology really uh, uh, allows that for that. Yeah. Hard to imagine snarky, snarky Han Solo at the current level of deep fake technology. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm torn. I'm I'm really torn. torn uh, yeah. I I do think there's I think there's a possibility that this is the heir to the empire, but it isn't Luke and Leia's story. It's maybe this is um, yeah. you know, what, what, this is where where it was a Leia and Luke story, Anton. Maybe it's a Mothma, Ahsoka, and Din story. Yeah, and it, it is refocused. Uh, on, and Leia and Luke are not as present. That said. A thing in the just storm of Star Wars Celebration news that we haven't had a chance to talk about, maybe other people are talking about it and we haven't heard, is there is a seal that has been broken by Mon Mothma in Ahsoka. Yes. At this point, Genevieve O'Reilly has been young Mothma, who is is the right age to play a younger version of her Mm -hmm. in Revenge of the Sith. And then, oh, uh, but now she's crossing past yeah. Return of the Jedi, and now she just is the new cast, the recast new Mon Mothma, and and people are not you know tearing their hair out because right. Mon Mothma is not Han Solo and Leia. Yeah, but if people can accept, we're, she's not the younger version anymore. We're just recasting Mothma because we want the character present, and we're, <laughs> we're not going to do a deep fake yeah. of Carolyn Blackstone. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's different because it's not Han and Leia, but. Are is that going to be the beginning of maybe? I know Kathleen Kennedy had the quotes about we learned something with Solo. We right, right. this is a better solution with Luke. Whatever things change, times change. I wonder if fans would be open to. We want to tell this story with the uh, Luke and Leia and Han present, and mm-hmm. we we want to just em- embrace that these characters are legends, and it's not not disrespect to the actor to to show these legends in their prime. Yeah, I, I think we might be getting there, and, and maybe and the, the thing with Luke, um, I, I agree with you. I, I, I still sometimes I just rewatched Book of Boba Fett and that that sequence. I still have that kind of that like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm looking at this right. And, and mm-hmm. um, you can get into uh, you know the AI of it all. I know we're we're in this interesting, scary, debatable era of AI and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't you know it's in that same ballpark whether it's specific or not to the AI art conversation. Um, but just you know, to, to put it in a movie and to take him out of the stoic 
Jedi teacher, right? If he's fighting mm-hmm. in action and, and having delivering jokes and everything, I, I'm, I'm sure you could get to that spot with the tech, but yeah, you want a little bit of uh, life in there, a soul in the eyes. And I, <laughs> and I think it's there. And I think it's there in Book of Boba Fett, but that's the only question I have. And I, I'm torn is the perfect word to describe where it is. I think it would be a bold, big risky move to not include those legacy characters in the story set in this timeline, but it's possible that they do that, but it's also possible they try other ways. Yeah. And who knows, maybe the next time Luke Skywalker pops up in the Mandoverse, it'll be a similar leap forward and it will be that truly amazing slash terrifying. Right. Yeah, there's no problem. I, I I know some people, Luke in Book of Boba Fett doesn't work, but even that little sort of Grogu, that mm-hmm. little shaming, like there's a lot of emotion there. It's not just flat. Yeah. The the emotion is coming. Uh, so who knows? Ken, I, I think we did it. I think we talked about a simple, direct <laughs> option A or option B question for about 20 minutes and we failed to really answer the option A or option B question because we're both torn. Yeah. That's our answer, there, Michael. We're torn. We're torn. Yeah. I can't see I'm torn. I'm all out of faith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that I think this movie is a little ways off and I think we're going to know a lot more as we get closer once the Ahsoka series comes out of the shape of what this movie could be. And and, uh, and Luke and Ahsoka's relationship and Luke's role and all that stuff, I think, will become clear very soon. Any final thoughts before we move on, Ken? I, you know, I just can't wait to get these answers one day, someday. Yeah, exactly. We're going to move on to our question from Ross Squatch. Ross says, in Star Wars, we've seen multiple elite guards handed their butts by anyone holding a lightsaber. A red guard, a magna guard, Praetorian, etc. They might have better showings in comics or coloring books, but not on screen. Who do you hire as your anti-lightsaber elite guard? Uh, as always, we try to get to questions quickly, but sometimes uh, the realities of life overtake us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross, a- I asked this question before the Praetorians made their... Uh, horrific and triumphant for them return in the Mandalorian uh, spoilers ending the life of a Mandalorian so mm-hmm. Ken where do you go with these this this question do you have a favorite guard do you have one that you would trust with your own safety mm. if someone with a lightsaber wanted to end you yeah well for yeah no I I, I do um and, and the key to this question is who do you hire for your anti-lightsaber elite guard so, but one, I, I was thinking about just guards in general in Star Wars and who else exists. And I, I, there's one I want to talk about, uh, Gamorrean guards, kind mm. of a guard. Now you could just put some kind of vibro axe anti lightsaber thing there in their hands. They might be an option. I don't know if it's the best one, but there's an option. Uh, and then I, then I stumbled onto one. I, I think I created Joseph. This is this. They don't exist, but I, I, I'm henceforth believing that there was something called Ewok Wood Knights. And um, they were Chief Chirpa's elite guard. Uh, you just don't see them yet. They're on break uh, in, in Return of the Jedi. Um, so I don't know if they're going to stop lightsabers, but they're elite guards for me as well in my head. Um, all right. To answer the question, Russ Squatch asked, uh, and, and wonderful that he asked this before Praetorian Guards Return. It's my, my first love, man. The Red Guard, the Emperor's Royal Guard. The Royal Guards are just some of my favorite things in Star Wars. And I think that's uh, shared, including Ryan Johnson with the Praetorian Guards and wondering what if we'd seen those guards uh, from Jedi fight. Let's see what that looks like now. Um, so that's who I go to. And I know there's a lot of wonderful stuff in what is now Legends. 
I know there's a lot of characters who are those guards and uh, all that stuff. But um, just going to what I know and what I know in canon, uh, I haven't really seen them in action, but I got to mention they kept Palpatine safe for a while. And I bet there was probably assassination attempt on two on Palpatine. And maybe not to do with lightsabers, but maybe. We don't know. So I'm going with them. Mm, that is powerful. Yeah. I I know that the, was a, there's... A, Royal Guard characters in the expanded universe that people really love where we got to dive into their story and see a little bit more badassery. On screen, I think they're all quite uh, impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Emperor's Royal Guard are just terrifying standing there. They have the deleted scene in Return of the Jedi where they get to be even more threatening, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I would love to see them in live action. Ryan Johnson did give all those quotes about the Praetorian guards are sort of this uh, evolution of the emperor's Royal guard, but now they, we get to see them really, really fight on screen. I would love to see emperor's Royal guard in live action, maybe and or season two, mm. bad batch season three, we just really see them uh, in, in full force on screen. Uh, again, knowing they have been in, in comics and whatnot. Uh, that would be great. I would love that. I do love the IG 100 Magna guards and I think they're very effective. They're very good at slowing down Jedi and softening them up. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think... It, they they put Obi-Wan and Anakin through their paces. They really put young Ahsoka through her paces in the Clone Wars uh, kickoff film. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's they took apart some uh, lesser-skilled Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see um, that, yeah. But I think they, I think they would take apart uh, plenty of fighters. But at the end of the day... If we're talking about my life, if we're not talking about which action figure I like or which scene I like the most, yeah. if we're talking about my life, Ken, <laughs> and I need protection, yes, uh, uh, my apologies to my Emperor's Royal Guard action figure from 1983, but I'm going Praetorian all the way. Nice. Um, nice. I, I, I think that that was a, a part of the power of that scene is they are a serious threat to Rey and Kylo hugely mm-hmm. powerful force users and i know sometimes people have the question of, well why didn't they just joke him or you know throw him across the room and i think for me this the way the force powers work is you, you can't just do everything all the time you have to have the you, they're keep the praetorians are keeping ray and kylo too busy and they don't have an opening to yeah, just yeah. quick quick give them a little force push um they are serious threat to ray and kylo and man, the way they come across in The Mandalorian, by the time this episode is out, the final episode of season three will come out. So maybe they'll have slaughtered yeah, yeah. more Mandos by now. Yeah. Uh, but the I know, I know Paz was already hurting, but it, that was like, I feel that was like so fast, so casual. I feel like they were, they were watching movies in their helmets. They were, <laughs> <laughs> they were on their personal comm just yeah. gossiping about another Praetorian who wasn't there that day. Yeah. It was so casual the way they ended Paz Vizsla. Yeah. I'm going with the Praetorians. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to say uh, anything against them because the rather effective in this uh, sequence here. And, um, you know, and look, for what it's worth, when you go up against, you know, Ray and Kylo Ren, uh, that that's a tough victory to get. Thank God. I'm glad they didn't get it. But uh, yeah. a weird defense of the Petroleum cards in that back. But <laughs> yeah. I love it. And they look darn cool. I, I also do think, yeah, the, the Jedi Purge Troopers are a uh, pain mm, in yeah. video games. Yeah. Uh, I would have. 
I would have loved them and Kenobi to be a little bit more isolated and for Kenobi yeah. have to really chew through one of them. Uh, I like that as well. Because I, I take the spirit of Ross's questions that sometimes we see the elite guards and then they're they're not that elite. The Praetorians have managed to to hold on to that title a bit. Yeah, yeah. Even even the Krennic's death troopers uh, weren't as effective as, as you want. And in uh, and, and, and Battlefront 2, the death troopers, not as effective for me when I play them. So maybe that's <laughs> coloring my perspective. Though there's some deep uh, video game issues in all of these answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to try to answer questions uh, (laughs) and see if we come up with better answers then. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back in a moment. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
And we are back for more Cues of the Force. We go down to our patrons on Patreon. This question comes to us from Justin Jacobson. Justin says, Hello there, Ken and Joseph. Seeing the Anzellans in the Mandalorian Season 3 trailers has me thinking about Babu Frick. He's a black market droid smith in a galaxy where battle droids, assassin droids, and other varieties of sentient murder bots are legally manufactured and sold by big corporations. So I can't help but wonder, what kind of mechanical nightmare fuel is he making that he's on the black market? Uh, this, of course, uh, came to us uh, a while back because, hey, we've now seen the Anzellans uh, actively operating, cheering, <laughs> mm-hmm. and being very charming in Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, Ken, where do you go with this? Uh, here's where I go. I go to conspiracy territory. I, I think Big Droid went after him because he was okay. erasing the minds of those killer droids. He was turning them into jolly, happy droids. He likes good droids. He doesn't like bad babies. He likes good droids. And uh, and I know that's not Babu. But with a swing of his uh, uh, memories go black, black wand, he was disarming these droids. And, and i.e. the high-priced clients that paid for these droids. So Big Droid didn't like it. They went after him and Babu Frick had to go underground. <laughs> I like this. I think, I think Babu Frick uh, follows his own code. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Didn't have a chance to uh, Google some of this stuff, but I think the Imperial era battle droids are restricted as a response mm-hmm. to, they serve their purpose from Palpatine's perspective. And as a response to the separatist war where droids were a symbol of uh, terror that battle droids probably weren't strictly legal during the empire right that said the empire themselves hired plenty of <laughs> murder bounty hunters like ig88 and you, you have uh afra's droids running around mm-hmm. you got the droid gotra out there so i think in the empire imperial era it might be sort of like on paper the empire says things like b1 battle droids owned and produced by trade federation mm. are illegal Uh, but yeah we're kind of looking the other way but i think the new republic might really really crack down we've been getting that story in uh mandalorian mandoverse uh that new republic seems to have lots of great intentions but along with that rules regulations red tape that slows things down uh but i i feel like maybe the new republic has things much much more locked down about what is legal to produce so maybe people are going to Babu Frick in that in the era of the New Republic to get like, hey, we we bought these droids. They are not battle droids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are security sentry droids. But because of New Republic rules, they can't have this weaponization. They can't have this code running. Mm-hmm. I think Babu Frick might be in the New Republic era, like. Uh, the person you take your Apple phone to, to make it do things the company doesn't want you to. Yeah. You want your SIM card changed out? Babu will crack the phone open. He'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking my droid to this sector and uh, it's, it's built in that it doesn't work there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the yeah. data rates are really upsetting on uh, Corellia. So could you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. I like that. Yeah. I'm, so I, I think it might be some navigating around rules. Yeah, what we're both saying is Babu's a hero. Either way you slice it. (laughs) Exactly. He'll crack open your Apple phone. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also like the idea that he does a lot of rebuilding, a lot of reprogramming, accessing forbidden knowledge like you did with 3PO. That that didn't seem to be a moral quandary. Just like, what do you need to know? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no problem. I also think that maybe it, he isn't just a droid blacksmith, but really leaning into the smuggling, right? Like he's mm-hmm. hiding code in droids to deliver somewhere. Maybe he's literally hollowing out gonk droids and filling them full of spice. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. I like that. Little little yeah. hollow finger, droid fingers with spice in them. Yeah. Three <laughs> uh, PO's hollow finger. How about that? That is that what was in his red arm? I know we had the comic book explaining that, but uh, Justin does ask the idea if uh, there's already the galaxy is already flooded one way or another with murder bots, uh, mm. and people go to Babu Frick. What kind of nightmare would he make for them? Um, what kind of nightmare? You know, I'm thinking of like you know one of those chef droids. But like with more weapons and not for cooking, <laughs> and and but maybe it looks like it's it's a good way to infiltrate like a house of power. You know, you they're going through the, the the kitchen door, and and you got something like that. That's why I would go. Yeah, no, I I want I want a fully weaponized, terrifying gonk that like folds out and has eight arms and robotic tentacles and <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, blaster eyes. I I don't. Just absolutely monstrous gonk droid. That's what I would love to see. Love that. Love that. All right. We're going to move on to our final question from Steve Nort. Steve says, hello, Force Center crew. With Yaddle back in the spotlight, thanks to Tales of the Jedi, a thought came into my mind regarding her appearance in The Phantom Menace. To be more specific, her physical appearance. It is well known that the puppet for younger Yoda was criticized and eventually replaced altogether by his CGI model from episode two and three. This leaves Yaddle looking well a little out of place in comparison. Would you be for or against a new, new, new special edition where Disney Plus quietly updates the few scenes she is in with a CGI rendition of the Jedi Master? I'd be all for it. Hell, maybe even give her a new line of dialogue as well. Only sort of kidding. Thanks. Uh, thank you very much, Steve, for this fun question. I'll start here, Ken. Is I think, my guess, that Disney is probably legally can't touch episodes one through seven that Lucas sold them the final definitive version. Uh, But perhaps they, maybe I'm wrong or perhaps they could get Lucas's permission. (laughs) Yeah. Perhaps, uh, perhaps Filoni can call George up and like, (laughs) can we, I got some Seattle things I need to do and see if George goes, no, those movies are locked or ah, sure. Dave, knock yourself out. Like, I'd like Seattle to say McClunky. All right. You got it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, that was part of, part of it from the whole McClunky thing of like all those articles went out of like, did people notice Disney plus is out of this? And Disney was like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's what George delivered. That was his last gift to the fandom. Mm-hmm. A random, beautifully strange McClunky. Uh, what is your take on that? Do you feel like that is something that Disney can do? I don't think it's something they can do. Uh, would they want to? And would I be all for it? Yeah, actually, I I, I would. I'd love to see um, some special editions, for lack of a better term, on the, on, on the prequels. Um, but I, I I just don't think we will. Yeah, it just seems that that's a good old fashioned red tape contract. What was sold rights issue? Um, but it doesn't mean we can't dream. Yeah, so let's dream. If the mm-hmm. red tape wasn't there, or if we're wrong about the red tape, do you want to see CGI Yaddle, or even a line of dialogue? I would like to see a line of dialogue, which might mean we have to go CGI, but I, I'll say this, maybe this is a hot take, I'm good with puppet Yaddle, because I want, wow. to, I, I want to preserve the imperfect perfection of Yaddle as presented in The Phantom Menace. 
it was it was quite a thing, right? It was it was a talking point. Did you see the see the what we think was a, a lady Yoda? Did you see that? Like it, it it was you know, and and you know, she looks a little different. She looks a little uh, like a, a cast member in Dark Crystal. I, I totally get it, um, but I think that's what I love about it, and that's part of for me why the the kind of cult status of Yaddle grew over the years mm-hmm. um, because she was a little different, uh, but, but also so similar to what we'd seen with Yoda. Um, and that was big. You, you and I have talked about it, but mm-hmm. if you're of a certain age uh, and, and the prequel comes out, you're like that. Wait, wait, there's, there's more <laughs> like that. Uh, look, this is decades before baby Yoda before Groku. And that was, that was quite a revelation. So I want to kind of preserve it. But I would like to uh, see more Yaddle. I think it's kind of the subtext of the question here from Justin. Um, you know, it, it, can we get more Yaddle? We got uh, the Tales of Jedi stuff. So great. Um, and I think more Yaddle's a good thing. More Yaddle's a good thing. Yeah, I'm I'm so fascinated by this because Yaddle was one of those fun things to talk about. It was a jokey thing. I think some people definitely didn't, didn't like her and thought that she... It, that a lot in the Phantom Menace was taking away some of the mystery of Star Wars, trying to explain the Force more with Mandalorians. Uh, Yoda's mysterious. We've been told that since 1980 on the back of our uh, trading cards, uh, collectible baseball trading cards of of Yoda, that his species is unknown. So like, okay, well, why is there a lady Yoda? <laughs> Star Wars has now made a thing of it, of like, well, yeah, no, I mean, uh, a lot of times you'll you'll see a species and you'll, you'll know the female members because <laughs> it looks like they're just... <laughs> wearing a, a wig that came off a doll we just had yeah. that with the uh the snivian bartender mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. The, the the lady snaggletooth the, <laughs> in the parlance of the 80s uh and there was so much of that like you'd be watching a cartoon and be like well here's another now they've added a new lady whatever yeah. and it's just the same yeah. but lipstick and no wig yeah, uh, yeah. It, and yaddle was humorously in that to say nothing of her wide open mouth and dangling chicken legs that looks like she just had a big burrito right before that meeting and is trying to hold it together, but it's falling asleep in front of the chosen one. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about those legs. Those dangling little chicken legs. I love them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm so I'm, I would be happy to see that. I it would be fun. It'd be yeah. interesting. Um, I'm yeah. fascinated that we are quickly entering an era where episode one, puppet Yoda can be a discovery for people because oh, yeah. at, at this point he I think he's replaced on the Blu-ray so you have to go all the way back to the ancient history of the DVD mm-hmm. to encounter mm-hmm. puppet Yoda uh, so I, my thoughts go out to <laughs> young fans googling Yoda and going the hell is that uh, why does this action figure from uh from 2000 from 1999 why does it why, why is his lip like that oh wow um yeah so i i i feel this way about most changes i'm i'm open to changes uh right right as long as the original is around and particularly in the streaming era if there is creator agreement I'm up for tweaks as long as the original is also available. So if I went on to Disney Plus and they were like, watch The Phantom Menace, and then mm-hmm. you had one right underneath. It was like, Choose one. <laughs> with, yeah. With the, uh, yeah, watch the Yaddle edition, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
I'd be totally fine with that. Star Trek and Doctor Who have a lot of that on different discs and streaming options where you watch it as it was originally broadcast or watch it with the mm. enhanced effects. That's on a lot of Doctor Who Blu-rays for the classic wow, series. Um, Star Trek, some of it, I watched a, a original series Star Trek episode uh, on streaming and I was trying to look for the button of like, I don't want the enhanced effects. I want to remember what it looked like back in the day and and I couldn't find it. So there is that danger too, but that that's my take of, I would love to see CGI Yaddle, but the bigger issue at stake for me is clear label. So you know what you're watching, clear choice to the viewer so they can choose what version they're seeing, mm. make sure history is preserved because that does matter to me. I know that's the endless special edition debate. I, I would be very happy to be able to toggle down on Disney plus and watch every iteration of the original trilogy from uh, let us watch star Wars before it even says a new hope. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let it, let us watch attack the clones uh, as it was uh, like released in a few theaters before you could see Anakin's mechanical hand. Yep. You know, all every tiny little iteration. Let, let's be able to watch every single version yeah. of, uh, of Han and Greedo's confrontation. Uh, exactly. As long as it's clearly labeled, the choice is clear. That would be great. I'm with you. I'm with you. Having those options. I, I don't think we'll, yeah, uh, no, probably not going to happen, but it'd be fun one day. And like, as I said before, I got, I got that, I got that Phantom Menace on digital video disc kids. You want to see it, you know, I'm, I'm sure you might find it on YouTube, but if you want to see it and it's, and it's just how it was presented, I, I might uh, go around like a traveling salesman and just sell viewings. Uh, maybe we'll do that. I remember that Phantom Menace DVD people figuring out the DVD menu Easter egg where you need to like tab three times over something that you didn't realize was a button and you can hit it. Uh, and it, and it gave you a, uh, Frank Oz blooper Yoda reel where he just, the mm. it's Yoda, it's the puppet and just spaces on his lines. And yeah. it's like, mm, George, nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. And I'm all for giving Yaddle some lines or at least a, a shot of her looking really, really fretting. Yeah. Fretting uh, about the, what's happening to tie into her role in Tales of the Jedi. That'd be beautiful. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Thanks, Steve, for the great question. We're moving on to Power of the Light Side. This is something that we ask our patrons on Patreon to submit. If you have a memory, something you love in Star Wars, uh, a reason that it means a lot to you, uh, we love to have these shared, and then we share them right here on Cues of the Force. Uh, It looks like with all the joy and the celebration of Star Wars celebration, uh, so many new patrons joining us on Mm -hmm. Patreon. Thank you very much for that. We got a few. So we're doing these uh, uh, a week at a time. So uh, if you submitted something, we absolutely will get to it. We will share it. And if you want to add something uh, in your patron, please just scroll down the post page. Look for the picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi smiling at the Skywalker twins and you will see the call for these submissions. Are you ready for this one, Ken? I am. This comes to us from Michael McCarcel. Michael says, hello, Force Center friends. <laughs> I'm sure his voice didn't crack uh, when he wrote it. Reminded, hello, Force Center friends. <laughs> hello, Force Center friends. The recent appearance of Keller and Beck in The Mandalorian sent me down a rabbit hole about how grateful I am that for the sake of my fandom, I grew up when I did. I'll start at the beginning. I was born in June 1993, so when The Phantom Menace premiered, I was a few weeks shy of my sixth birthday. I had already seen the original trilogy countless times, 
I don't actually remember the first time I saw them. I have no idea if I even watched them in order. Star Wars has always just been there. So come May 1999, I was beyond excited. I have foggy memories of the day that my mom took me to see The Phantom Menace for the first time. I was blown away. I was amazed that Vader built C-3PO when he was a child. The lightsaber combat was beyond anything in the original trilogy, at least it was to me at that age, and I loved Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. He did exactly what he was meant to do, bring joy to the children watching. I obviously wasn't on the internet message boards of those days, so I was spared the backlash against him in the film as a whole. In fact, it wasn't until I was around 13, 14 that I found out about the disdain surrounding the prequels. I'd never even considered the idea that other Star Wars fans might dislike them. To me, the prequels were just as much a part of Star Wars as the original trilogy. Suddenly, I was hearing that so much of what I loved about the prequels was why so many others hated them. I didn't know how to push back against their vitriol, so I just kept my Star Wars love to myself. Flash forward to 2014, we get the first trailer for The Force Awakens. It seemed that most of the fandom was on the same page. There was excitement about Star Wars again. And then the sequels, Rogue One and Solo came out, and I once again saw the fandom tearing itself apart. It was so obvious that people were repeating the past. They were treating these movies exactly as the prequels were treated, which, ironically, were now being reassessed and appreciated. I still love Star Wars just the same. Certainly issues with the recent films that should be addressed, but overall, I still love the movies. This brings me to the present. When I first heard Kelleran in Chapter 20 of The Mandalorian, I had to rewind because I needed to make sure I heard correctly. Then when those doors opened and Ahmed Best was there, I was a mess of tears. I was overjoyed for him, for the fandom, and for six-year-old Michael, who just loved Jar Jar. I know I wouldn't have had that reaction if it weren't for me being the exact right age to love Jar Jar from the start, but I'm glad I did. Sorry for the essay. Please feel free to give an abridged version if you need to. Thanks, and may the force be with you. No abridging needed today, (laughs) Michael. Thank you for sharing your perspective. The ages that we come to Star Wars do make a difference, and it's really great to hear everybody's experiences, depending on where they were, how old they were, all that kind of stuff. Ken, what are your thoughts on this? One, my first thought is we might need to retitle this segment. Sorry for the essay. Um, <laughs> power the light side uh, experience because uh, uh, um, a lot of you say that uh, politely, um, but we love hearing uh, from you to this level and this degree. I, I really love this because this, this, first of all, I, I really think this Keller and Beck moment in chapter 20 is one of the best uh, Star Wars moments of, of recent history, which which means it's one of the best Star Wars moments. Um, and, and it's experienced in a lot of different ways. And, and you and I experienced it different. And I'm with you, Michael. Man, right when I heard that second Keller, because I said I missed the first one on, uh, on my first viewing. I, I, just, I just literally stood up and I was sitting there on my couch by myself. Grace was not watching with me that night. And I just, I said, they're going to do it. I said, they're going to do it. And then he shows up and I got so excited to move, moved in a, in a wonderful way. But when I showed um, uh, Grace uh, the next day, she is a, a, a prequel generation fan as well. Um, and, you know, fell in love with the, just the dazzling display of lightsaber fights and, and mm-hmm. hating later on all the stuff. But, but, Jar Jar, but even more than that, just Ahmed Best in the era, what it represents to her and a lot of those fans. That she, so she experienced it in a different way. But all of it's excitement and joy, and and I think that's what I love to hear. You and I talk about the perspectives, the journey. This is why we approach Star Wars in this way, and why we talk about Star Wars in this way, because it affects us in this way. And I just love hearing even more about this. And and I keep saying I want a little mini doc, a Disney Gallery, uh, Keller and Beck's return. I I want all that. But hearing Favreau and Filoni talk about it at celebration, and unfortunately Ahmed couldn't 
be there. He was at Chicago, of course, as we know. Can't remember if he was in Anaheim, Anaheim 2022, but um, couldn't be to be there in London. It would have been, it would have blown the, the roof off the place. Oh, yes. But to hear uh, Favreau say, I was there in Chicago and I saw his re- re- the reaction he got. Um, and we were building this character. It, it all made sense. And, and to hear Favreau name check Jedi Temple Challenge a few times, he says he had this character created for this. One of the things that, that struck me, and, and, and again, maybe you've heard it before, but um, think about Michael's uh, story here and just thinking about what I heard uh, Favreau say. He's like, you know, it, it just made sense because it's Grogu and Grogu was so beloved. Like he's a popular character. Who who could match that in a way mm. and, and them to settle on not only the character of Keller and Beck, which makes a lot of sense story-wise and what he does with the younglings and everything and his, his focus, but for Hamid himself, um, it made a lot of sense. Let's meet that love we saw and experienced in 2019 with this modern day love. Weird to say modern day a few years later, but modern day love of Grogu. Let's, let's, let's combine those energies. And I think that was a lot of uh, what was in the moment and, and for so many different people. So Anyways, and my essay. Sorry for the essay. Your story's wonderful, and I love hearing the journey. Yeah, it's always great to hear the perspective, and I really relate to what Michael is saying about, and we've heard this from other other people of, of the prequel generation, might be happening with sequel kids right now, of yeah. just being in that bubble of joy because other kids like them too, and that's who you talk to, and then discovering, wait, people despise this i've had those um experiences in fandom i i discovered uh doctor who on pbs in america in the 80s and i didn't have the same context and i i my one of my first doctors was the sixth doctor colin baker who when you watch the entire history of doctor who uh, of the classic series colin baker's uh uh his episodes are they're challenging if you've been a longtime fan, they were the first thing I saw and they made me love Dr. Who. And I remember going to a convention by this time I was, you know, well into my twenties and people were like, yeah, those episodes are terrible. They're an affront mm-hmm. to Dr. Who. And like my favorite episode, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the one that explained to me what uh-huh. Dr. Who was and made me fall in love. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Star Wars, but I, I think it's the it can be the same with Doctor Who, with uh, James Bond, with music, with Saturday Night Live. Um, it, these are generational experiences, and and we we get older and we get grumpy and crusty and certain yeah. that what lighted our flame of love is cracked, and other things aren't. And, and mm-hmm. I think the the as much energy and love as we can put into taking a step back and, and not saying that this is for me. Cause maybe, maybe it isn't for me and I'll, I'll never love a Saturday night live cast as much as the ones that I loved back then. Um, but being able to take a step back and go, even if this isn't for me, whose eyes are lighting up for the first time and, and having respect and joy for that is, is so important. And I'm so glad that, that people like Michael and people of Michael's age, who've always loved Jar Jar <laughs> and, yeah. and put through the gauntlet, uh, had this moment to celebrate with and for Ahmed best and for the character of Keller and Beck. But I'm also grateful to have, uh, been a part of the, the disliking Jar Jar. Uh, I was a performer mm-hmm. myself, so I, I didn't take it. I, didn't take it to Ahmed best. I, I felt bad for him, even when I was mm-hmm. making jokes about the character. Uh, but 
I am very thankful that I have had time and experience in communication with other people to grow, to love Jar Jar, and to want not only this triumph for Ahmed Best and for Keller and Beck, but let, let's go it a step further. I want Jar Jar in the Mandoverse. I, <laughs> I, I, I really I think that this is an exploration of an, of an era mm-hmm. uh, of an ability to start fresh. And we know that poor Jar Jar from <laughs> Aftermath is, is not enjoying the same kind of second chance that the rest of the galaxy is experiencing. And I, I don't want to just see dramatized Jar Jar. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I would like to revisit what is valuable about the character. And we talked about this on the Mandalorian report and, and then I'll, I'll wrap up my Jar Jar thoughts. Uh, the Mandalorian is a show has continually said, we love Star Wars from the extreme to all the way that is the coolest armor covered honor badass awesome battle amazing luke skywalker chewing through dark troopers awesome everything from that to no squeezy bad baby (laughs) (laughs) and they're all a part of star wars and there's no backing down from that from the mando team it would seem so i think they are they are a, a great team to say jar jar's valuable because he's silly and he's fun But silly and fun things have meaning, too. And Jar Jar carries a massive amount of meaning and heart and storytelling with him. And he can trip over something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. those things are both powerful and they both have a place in Star Wars. They do indeed. They do indeed. We always say it's important to let people, especially the generations coming behind you, to love Star Wars in their own way. And this is, Michael, is exactly what you've done. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, Michael, for the essay, and thank you for triggering an essay from both Ken and myself. <laughs> and look, uh, we're going to get another one when Keller and Beck gets on that ship and lands at Jar Jar's house. I'm telling you, Pam. I think, I think I, I, it feels right, doesn't it? It feels right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Jar Jar and Grogu will have to watch in, in horror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Uh, anyway, I was going to spiral out. Anyway. Because uh, I love Keller and Beck, but I'm afraid that the poor poor Grogu is 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 going to lose Keller and Beck. That's mm-hmm. what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. And this is a time travel episode uh, of Cues of the Force. Maybe that's already been revealed. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. Maybe we maybe we get it. Yep, yep. All right, that is our episode of Cues of the Force. Thank you all for the questions and Michael for the power of the light side submission. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube. Get over there, catch our latest episodes of Figure Fights and a lot of other things there. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Just search, you'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. You can support us directly as we set up top at patreon.com slash force center. Find me at catnapsuck or go to my website, catnapsuck.com for more information on stand-up comedy shows, other things I do like pop rock and radio, sports card ASMR, or my own YouTube channel where gaming and more things are happening over there than has been the case in the last couple of years. Uh, follow uh, me there, blah, blah, blah. Joseph, where can they follow you? <laughs> 
You can blah, blah, blah at me on all the social media, at Joseph Scrimshaw. Not all the social media. I'm struggling. I'm struggling to keep up. But you can definitely find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on TikTok. Also, my YouTube channel where I will be posting some not-unboxing videos from all the beautiful treasures I picked up at Star Wars Celebration. And one actual unboxing coming, perhaps. So check that out if you're interested. Thank you all so much for your listening, for your support. Uh, thank you to so many of you joining us on Patreon and everybody who supports us in all the different ways. This is Hughes of the Force. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.